0: Welcome to the podcast. It's uh, another another coronavirus day. It's kind of hard not to talk about it, but there was some really good news towards the end of the podcast we're going to get to in a second. Pat Gray is on talking about how much uh, we're looking forward here of, of spending and what is at risk with our economy. The word quadrillion makes an appearance here on the podcast for the first time. Matt Walsh has a new book. It's called Church of Cowards. He talks about what's going on with the coronavirus as well as what's going on with our churches and what is, uh, what's going on with The idea of having a spine in your faith, is that something that's kind of a relic of the past? And in an incredible sequence of events on the show today, we have a guest on in our third hour who talks about a potential cure for coronavirus in a very confident way. And amazingly, he's pleading for the president to recognize what's going on and clear the way for this drug to come out. As soon as he goes off the air, the president starts a press conference and actually says just that, that this drug is getting a clear path because of uh, the potential to really curb the virus. So there's some real hope towards the end of the show. You can get all the details on it as well. Uh, Also, we'll be talking about coronavirus as well on uh, Stu Does America tonight. Make sure you check in. If you have a second here, search for Stu Does America, subscribe on your podcast app and make the world a better place. Here's the podcast.
1: You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. All right, so I got some good news. I got some really good news. According to scientists now out of London, some really good... How are things going uh, in your house right now? Because we haven't had a meltdown. Uh Uh-uh. No. The kids haven't said, I can't do this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, really? It's been four days. Wait to see what you can actually do. (laughs) Anyway... um, uh, we're trying to flatten the curve. That's what everybody's trying to do. We're opposed we're we're imposing social distancing to slow the spread of the virus. So the number of people sick doesn't cause the health care system to collapse, as it's threatening to do in Italy and elsewhere right now. That means the pandemic needs to last at a low level until either enough people have had COVID-19 to leave most immune, assuming that our immune system actually will, will leave a marker in us to say, oh, I recognize that. I can fight that. Last night, I had an expert on said that sh- she's 99 percent sure that this is going to happen, that we are going to have those markers in us. But I, I, we don't know yet. We don't know this going to last until we either get those markers in us or until there's a vaccine. So how long? Will that take? How draconian are things going to have to get? All right. We've been told that it'll be just a couple of weeks. We're just going to do this for a couple of weeks. And I've been telling you, "Ah, nope, that's not it. We're not going to be doing this for a couple of weeks. We're going to be doing this for a long time. Plan on eight weeks, is what I said. Well, scientists in uh, London have just come out with uh, some new numbers. <clears throat> According to a report yesterday, as long as someone in the world has the virus, breakouts can keep reoccurring without stringent controls to contain them. In the report yesterday, researchers at the Imperial College of London proposed a way of doing this. Ex- uh, impose more extreme social distancing measures every time the admissions to intensive health care units start to spike. Then relax them when they start to fall. Every time they rise above a threshold, let's just say, for example, a hundred per week, the country would have to close all schools and most universities and adopt social distancing. When they drop below 50, those measures can be lifted. But people with symptoms or whose family members have symptoms would still be confined at home. Now. Social distancing, something that we had never heard, but we're used to now all of these new words and phrases just being thrown at us. What is social distancing? Researchers define it as all households reduce contact outside of the household, school or workplace by at least 75 percent. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't go out with your friends once a week instead of four times. Really? Is that what you got, Stu? Are you getting that from social distancing that, ah, you know, but Fridays are different?
0: No, apparently not. That's not allowed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. It means everyone does everything they can to minimize social contact. And overall, the number of contacts fall by 75%. Under this model, the researchers conclude social distancing and school closures would need to be in force some two-thirds... Of the time, roughly two months on, one month off until a vaccine is available. Mm. They say that will take at least 18 months. Now, I don't know about you. But my kids are already starting to social distance themselves from me. (laughs) Uh, And uh uh i can't imagine being locked in the house for 18 months
0: i don't think that, i don't think that's Anybody? something that we will accept frankly i mean that is the type of thing that we will just we'll just say no we will just May not. I read the rest of this yes i know i know May read i
1: read the report. rest it's of this not So surely there has to be some other options. Why not just build a whole buttload of ICUs? Well, it doesn't work. The researchers model that didn't solve the problem without social distancing of the whole population. They found even the best mitigation strategy, which means isolation or quarantine of the sick, the old and those who have been exposed, plus school closures would still lead to a surge of critically ill people. Eight times bigger than the U.S. or U.K. system can cope with. So even if you set factories out to just turn out ventilators and beds and ICU farms, you still need more nurses and doctors to take care of everybody. And we just don't have that in all scenarios without widespread social distancing. The number of covid cases overwhelms the healthcare system. OK, all right. How about just restrictions for one batch of five months? Nope, not good. Once measures are lifted, the pandemic breaks out all over again. This time it's in winter, the worst time for the healthcare system. Now, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> as I'm looking at this. Isn't this, Stu, exactly what uh, China is doing right now? Isn't China in the midst of releasing
0: the herds? Back out into the wilderness. Yeah, so we're going to see whether this works or not because China is basically right. experimenting with it right now as we speak. And you know, yes. the big news yesterday was supposedly again, if you believe China's numbers and the what they're telling us, supposedly. Oh, China, don't even use the word. You racists don't even
1: use the word China on this program.
0: But the numbers are coming don't from China, China,
1: China. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! They're coming from all right. Anyway, the what did they government. find, what they found, was zero cases for the first time since this started of community spread. So that means they, they did it's have good. 34 new cases, but all 34 were people traveling into China from other areas, um, which might be another thing they may want to consider stopping. And also, why would you go to China at this point? Uh, this is not a good. I know. It's uh, like. Oh, man, the
1: savings, the savings of uh, seeing the Great Wall of China. And maybe me and the family could be buried inside the wall. It'd be great. (laughs) Okay, so this, uh, what I don't understand is why we're being told. And, I, you know, and I, uh, I asked the doctor on our special last night, and I don't feel like I got a great answer. Um, Why is it that? china is releasing people and they're not experiencing this why is it that china um stopped this dead in its tracks with a lot more people that already had it ours are all just projections you know what Stu looking at this i'll bet you the people who are doing the modeling on this thing are the same people who are telling us about global warming no. <laughs> um Probably. But uh yeah um why is it when we have an actual country where we had thousands and thousands and thousands of people infected why didn't we have 100,000
0: deaths in China but we're supposed to have them here it doesn't make sense to me yeah especially when you think of the the chinese lifestyle right is giant massive cities where people are packed into very tight areas working very closely and
1: nobody blinks when you say i don't know uh yeah throw that bat in that soup nobody blinks yeah it's not it's, it's not it's not a healthy lifestyle in
0: many ways it's, yeah especially for this type of thing how for this type right. of thing i mean it's it's real you know, there's a reason why we've had you know I was saying yesterday like we can't i really do think it's inappropriate to call it the Chinese virus because they're going to release another virus in like a year and we're gonna have we're gonna have to come up with a whole new name for it uh, oh. so like it's just do you know's do, you know Mer- do you know what MERS is yeah uh, middle east respiratory syndrome which is,
1: I'm sorry it's what middle it's east what? respiratory syndrome.
0: syndrome yes
1: middle uh, East respiratory system. Wow, uh, do you know what the West Nile
0: virus is? Uh, yes, I do. I've, I, they yeah. come, yeah. Spanish flu. It's a virus. Yeah, mm-hmm. Spanish flu. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, this Lyme is disease. what we call things. I used to live this two towns Lyme. away from uh, yeah. from Old Lyme, Connecticut. Uh, Lyme disease. Lyme, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where it's from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is so unbelievably. Re-
1: I'll get into this in a minute. Let me just finish this stupid thing. Uh, all right, so this is going to have a huge impact. On uh, people coming together, restaurants, cafes, bars, nightclubs, gyms, hotels, favors, uh, uh, theaters, uh, movie uh, cinemas, uh, art galleries, shopping malls, craft fairs, museums, musicians, other performers, sporting venues, sports teams, uh, conference venues, uh, cruise lines, airlines, public transportation, private schools, public schools, daycare centers. I mean, are you kidding me? This is the entire thing. Now, they say there will be some adaption, of course. Gyms could start selling home equipment. Oh, and online training sessions. Oh, okay. All right. It's now being called the shut in economy. Shut in economy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds sustainable to me. Um, now, they're saying that we're going to have a better healthcare system at the other end of this. Oh, are we? Or are we going to have a nationalized healthcare system? They say maybe movie theaters will take out half of their seats. Meetings will be held in larger rooms with spaced out chairs. Gyms will require you to book workouts ahead of time so they don't get too crowded. But here's the good news. Governments all around the world, including Israel, have decided to use cell phone location data. See if this uh, matches what you've been saying is coming, Stu. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll match location data with its intelligence services that they use to track terrorists to trace people who've been in touch with known carriers of the virus. Singapore does exhaustive contact tracing and publishes detailed data on each known case, all but identifying people by name. Uh, To get on a flight, perhaps we're going to have to be signed up to a service that tracks your movement via your phone. The airline wouldn't be able to see where you've gone, but it would be able to get alert if you have been close to someone that has been infected or in a disease hotspot. There'd be similar requirements for the entrance of large venues, government buildings, public transportation hubs. There'd be temperature scanners everywhere, and your workplace might demand you wear a monitor that tracks your temperature or other vital signs. Where nightclubs ask for proof of age in the future, they may ask for proof of immunity, an identity card or some kind of digital verification via your phone showing you've already recovered from or been vaccinated. The intrusive surveillance will be considered a small price to pay for the basic freedom to be with other people. Gig worker. Again, this is this this is a report from London. Gig workers from drivers to plumbers to freelance yoga instructors will see their jobs becoming more precarious. Immigrants, refugees, the undocumented and ex-convicts will face yet another basic obstacle to gaining a foothold in society. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. That won't happen. Can somebody this is another thing I'm going to take on today. Can somebody please tell me why we're releasing prisoners? Why are we releasing prisoners? Isn't that the ultimate in isolation? Isn't that aren't we just quarantining them? Why are we releasing people onto the streets? Who came up with that idea? I know it's rhetorical. I know who came up with that. Moreover, uh, unless there are strict rules on how someone's risk for disease is assessed, governments or companies could choose any criteria. (laughs) You're high risk if you earn less than $50,000 a year. If you're in a family, more than six people or you live in certain parts of the country, for example. Oh, another way. To separate us, divide us, and keep us in our own little corrals. This is great. That creates scope for algorithmic uh, uh, bias and hidden discrimination. As what happened last year with a US, uh, U.S. health insurer that used an algorithm that turned out to inadvertently favor white people. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm going to take a break. I want you to go get some duct tape. And I want you to wrap it around your head as tight as you possibly can, because I don't know about you, but my head's about to explode. Now, you're not going to it's not going to stop it from exploding, but when and if you can ever go outside to go to a doctor and say could you put my head back together you'll have all of the bone pieces everything you need to assemble it right there on the inside of that duct tape might take you a while but i suggest you wrap your head because it's going to be a bumpy ride this is the best of the glenn beck program Hi, It's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Hey, welcome to it. Uh, we got a lot of things to do uh, today. I, I I don't know where to start with Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, I thought we'd have a rolling conversation. And Pat, you can spin the wheel here wherever you okay. want it to stop. We can talk about whose idea was it to just release people from prison? Isn't that kind of quarantine? Isn't that uh, social distancing? Everybody stay in your cell. Since when? Uh-huh. It, who came up with this? Why are we doing this? Okay, we have that as topic number one. Mm-hmm. Topic number two is uh, China. Uh, how dare you call this a Chinese virus? How dare you call this the Wuhan virus? Really? The Spanish flu? German you know, it didn't means. even come
2: from Spain? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. That's just where it was or hit hardest. We could just
1: yeah, or we could just talk about. Come on, come on. We could talk about uh, the GOP. Yeah, that is with they're willing to spend anything. And Don't care where are we getting these ideas? Does it, mm-hmm. can you tell me what the metrics are here? If you really want to help people, you're just going to send everyone a check for a thousand dollars. What are you talking about? First of all, it's not everybody. It's only people who have an income of, I think it's a hundred thousand uh, dollars, or one hundred fifty thousand as a couple, and seventy five uh, and below as an individual. Okay, well that covers mm. a lot of people, uh, but what are they supposed to do with that? What? Do, where are they going with that? And really, we're just...
2: How about just no taxes? for anyone. Right. That's the no ri- taxes. That's the less government thing to do. We're doing the bigger government right. thing and that's what we keep doing over and over right. and over. How well, about this one, Pat? How about, how about, how about this one? How about
1: you can't foreclose on anybody's home. Can't do it. Can't do it for the next 6 months or until mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. I mean that's not good. No. but it's not not
0: just printing money i do believe that is part of this
1: i I think they're uh, going to do that
2: for two months right isn't it a two-month process to start yeah yeah um Uh, but you've got you've got mcconnell mitch mcconnell who's a supposed republican um, and this is why we didn 't like the guy so much in the first place we 're going to go on and vote as soon as the Senate can get permission to vote on the bill came over from the House, sent it down to the president, reassure the people. He added a number of my members think there are considerable shortcomings in the bill. My counsel to them is to gag and vote for it anyway mm. uh that's uh, that 's very conservative of you thanks <laughs> thanks mitch and then it 's the i 'm beginning to hate this phrase more than the more than poison. Uh, let's not let perfection be the enemy of good. Shut up. Shut up. I,
0: I can't take that. Uh, Glenn, I can't take it. Do you, do you know the CDC guidance of how far I have to be away from Pat when he's yelling like that? <laughs> it's definitely got to be Probably more than six, six feet, right? A
1: mile and a half. <laughs> no, it's, that's yeah, that's why I'm that's why I'm in another studio. There is
2: no distance you from know, Pat. How try Cleveland. <laughs> we have eight conservatives left in the Senate. Eight Marsha Blackburn voted against it, James Inhofe, Ron Johnson, James Lankford, Mike Lee, of course, mm-hmm. thank you, Mike, Rand Paul, Ben Sass, and Tim Scott. Those are the only conservatives, huh. I guess, left in office. Well,
0: because they were, they were hammering Rand Paul yesterday because he decided to propose an amendment, and the amendment would say, hey, if we're going to give a trillion dollars away, let's come up with a way to pay for that. And maybe we, for example, his idea was, let's get rid of the war in Afghanistan. Let's, uh, and he suggested a couple of other things. That would pay for it. Um, And they're like, how do dare you. <laughs> if Chuck Schumer's like, "This is a crisis." And we're a, this is wasting time really is is the 4 hours you had to wait to go through wow. the voting process really going to be the difference here? Uh you know, I, I it's not like you good guys are going to send out these checks today. Right. Like I, we all understand this is going to be a little bit of time, but you know, they can't even have a conversation about paying for it. And I understand no, this is a tough right. one. Like, you know, to your point about the taxes, like I love that. And I think that's a great way. And I love the. Point. I would suspend all federal taxes. Yeah. And it's a great. Glenn's made a great Me point on this. Like it's it's an uh, almost an automatic sunset. They can't keep all this power because they're going to want to reverse the tax thing so badly that when it's time to reverse it, maybe they will. Right. But the the issue there is, and I think
2: there no, they, is,
1: they,
0: they absolutely will.
2: In absolutely fact, they will, they
1: will mm-hmm. end it. Mm-hmm. They will end the if you tie it to no taxes until this national emergency is over. I can guarantee you, at the very first opportunity that they have to declare this national emergency over, Mm -hmm. they'll declare it. It's like next Tuesday. They will do it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, It'll be like, a
0: national emergency. You know, I think we might have been overreacting a little bit. (laughs) There's a giant pile of bodies outside the hospital. You think it's over now? No. no, We have less bodies today
2: than we did yesterday. It's over. (laughs) It's It's over. uh, It's over. over. The only time your convictions and principles are tested are when there's a crisis. Right. There's no you don't have to. I mean, you your principles don't have any sort of a trial. It's easy. If there's nothing going on, (laughs) of course, they're going to be tested in a crisis. And that's when it's important to stick to them. Yeah, it's it's, they won't. They they won't. it, It
0: strikes me, too. Like with the taxes thing, the one argument I think that has some value against just doing taxes is there are a bunch of people who are going to lose their job and then not have taxes to pay so they're already paying zero and it's not necessarily going to help those people but we do have things like unemployment that maybe yeah. maybe there maybe the, the 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 it's a little bit easier to get maybe it's a little bit more generous than it was in the past but there are things like that that are are, are able to be done where you know you can you can bridge that gap for people who really need it. Just throwing thousand dollars at everybody in America. I mean, you know, it's I understand Andrew Yang made that sound mm-hmm. so appe- appealing, but it's it, you know it's it's a very questionable thing. It's the type of thing that may not go away. And obviously, as Mitch McConnell points out, nobody's putting thought into this. Mm-hmm. They won't even take time to vote on an amendment. They they think that's the worst thing in the world. And by the way, Mike Lee was I think one of three, along with Rand Paul, that actually voted for the Rand Paul amendment um and you know they 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 don't want to even take time to figure out how to pay for it they don't they don't want you even if you have a problem with the bill they just want you to vote for it anyway like yeah. that's how we always
2: get Gag into and trouble vote.
0: right
1: always Every get into time
2: uh, it's, it's, I...
1: so i have some additional happy news okay okay do we have any happy music or anything sarah do we have anything that's like <clears throat> oh that'll make me feel better when i say this you have anything Oh, you know what? Let's get that really moody... Yeah, okay. I like this. Ladies, I'm not a meat puppet, okay? No. Uh, all right. So, as yes, we're sitting around here with our cocktails in our hand and, and just talking about the little people, uh, let me tell you about... Do you remember... Um, hey, Pat. Pat, come here for a second. Come on over here for a second. Uh, do you remember when the people were talking in 2000? about uh, this thing called Derivatives <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> derivatives and and, and, and and the little people thought Oh, this is a bad thing These derivatives mm-hmm. uh, yeah, And yeah. the banks were uh, Of course they were too big to fail Because they had some money in derivatives And that caused the whole breakdown Do you remember those times? No, I yeah. 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 Right, 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 right uh, The banks are now Guess. Guess how much the banks are sitting on In
2: derivatives now Guess, I want you to guess um, no, don't get rid of the music and <laughs> Please, I need that cocktail music I'm guessing more than back in 2008 um, Guess a number uh, Okay Guess um, a number Guess a number I know it's um, huge uh, Do you yeah, want me to yeah, play yeah, my yeah, old yeah. game and uh, No, I don't <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, yeah, go ahead Play, right. your, play your old game uh, 50 see, trillion dollars 50 trillion
1: 50 trillion 50 trillion. Hey. 50 trillion. That's Now mm-hmm. for anybody who doesn't know Pat's old game, <laughs> Pat's old game is he guesses some crazy number and then and he's like, "And I'm disappointed and if it's And I spoil the surprise." That. Right. Yes. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. Well, right. you're you if we were playing the game, mm-hmm. uh, closest without going over, you would lose. <laughs> wow. Unless we uh, were playing it for individual banks. For instance, JP Morgan Chase, they now have derivatives sitting on $48 trillion. One bank. Citigroup wow. has $47 trillion. And Goldman Sachs, $42 trillion. Oh Would my. you like another drink and try to play again? <laughs> oh Guess the number of derivatives. Guess it. Guess. Go ahead. So the total number?
2: Total number. <laughs> 48 quadrillion and I'll be <laughs> disappointed go. if it's a dollar there less. There go. Nice work. I think you, 48 ah, quadrillion. I think it got over at that time. <laughs> yep, you did.
1: It's yeah, only okay. 1.5 quadrillion dollars. That
2: yeah is oh my gosh. yeah. St- what? what? That's 1. the first time I've ever heard it 5 in yes, a real story. Right. The quadrillion I said to number, my kids
1: I said to my kids last week, this is going to be an amazing week. By Saturday, you will see and hear things that you've never seen before. That is the same thing I said last night when I found that number, uh, uh, Pat. I've never heard heard the word quadrillion used in a real sentence. Wow. 1.5 quadrillion dollars of derivatives. Remember, derivatives, the bad thing.
2: Yeah. The thing that the banks were too big to fail. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 1.4 quadrillion? No, uh, 1.5 quadrillion. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's I mean, that's unthinkable. You can't even, I mean, the only no. time I've actually ever heard it, and I've never seen it in a story. You know where I, I saw the, I think it was in the movie uh, Passenger, the Passenger. Did you see Passenger? With um, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris, what's his face? Oh, you may know? have, yeah. Remember may that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt. Okay, so they're they're traveling, and this is a future movie, obviously, and they're traveling to some yeah. other yeah, 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 yeah. distant because the Earth is dying or whatever. And she she's talking about how much money the company is making on uh, relocating humans to this other planet. And it was, I think it was something like four quadrillion dollars. And that was the only time I'd ever, and and it was like a number. Okay, well, we're not going to get to that. Probably even in that year. (laughs) Here we are in 2020, and we've gotten to that number in bad debt. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good.
1: Yeah, that's not good. As uh, Stu fact, would I'm say, that's you. suboptimal. <laughs> 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 By about one point five quadrillion dollars. Yeah, I'll give you the rest of this. The reason why wow. I came across these numbers, I'll give you the rest of it uh, next hour. You don't want to miss it. Uh, you, know, mm. you might want to prepare because uh, one point <laughs> five quadrillion dollars in derivatives. <laughs>
0: Listening to the
2: best of the Glenn Beck program,
1: Mr. Matt Walsh, podcast host of the Matt Walsh Show. Uh, he's as clever as I am with the Glenn with the Glenn Beck podcast. We didn't work hard on the name of it. We work on the content. He's also the author of a brand new book called "The Church of Cowards." Hello, Matt. How are you?
3: Hey, Glenn. Doing well. How about you? <laughs>
1: Oh, you know, this is, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Uh, anything, anything on your mind? That you want to hit first before we get into the church of cowards? Uh, you know, on the coronavirus, like you want to make sure that we're not calling it, uh, you know, the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus or anything else. I mean, cause I, I'm sure yeah, you agree with that. It.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's of course the most important issue. I mean, when you're when you're uh, in the media and you're at a press conference with the president of the United States during a pandemic, and uh, and we're looking at a possible possibility of a global depression. You know, and you have a chance to ask him a question. Obviously, you should ask him about why he's doing a big knee head to China. I mean, that's, that's obviously the most right discussing right now.
1: Right? I mean, we haven't had a depression in, I don't know, at least a couple of years. Well, I think it's been since the 1930s that we've been in a depression. And that, I mean, how posh is your life if that's the thing that you're worried about? How out of touch yeah. are you?
3: And, and meanwhile, I mean, in all seriousness, there are people many people in this country who are worried now about how are they going to, you know, feed their families next week because they're not making any money. So I, I don't, I don't think that uh, those people really care what we call this damn thing. I think they're more worried about, you know, what, what's the end game? Where is this? Okay. we we all have to stay in our, our homes. Is this going to be over next week? Uh, is it going to be over in two months? It kind of makes a big difference. We, I think most people want to know what, what's, what's the out here. What does it look like? What are we, what are we, What's the point? What is this supposed to... How are we going to know that it's okay to go outside again? And I, I don't think that's been articulated yeah. or explained, and I think that that's just no. makes people more anxious. People people keep saying in Washington, well, we're
1: going to do this until this emergency is over. Can you tell me what the metric is that we're going to use to decide when this emergency is over? Can you give me any... I've been asking for weeks for my, for my own company, I've been asking, I need to see what the tripwires are. How is the government measuring things so when they know you're going to go from phase one to phase two no one has trip wires now somebody's making the decision but based on what there's 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 we're we are printing trillions of dollars and just giving them away does anybody have anything that they're basing this on is it anything other than no well he wants to give less so i want to give more what is all of this based on? There's no reality. There's no fact. There's nothing.
3: Yeah, it it makes it, I mean, the the hard thing is that even the scientists and the doctors don't know everything, don't know everything about this virus because obviously it's new. And the rest of us, I know for me, I don't know a damn thing about viruses or or pandemics. It's it's not something I really thought about up until now. I'm not an expert. So, you know, we're we're looking for, we, we need to know who we can trust on this and who we can listen to. And of course, we know we can't live We can't listen to the media in the the disinformation age that we live in. So where do you go? Who do you who? who, So who has their
1: Matt, who has their credibility? Because you've written a a book, uh, The Church of Cowards. And in in the the very first chapter, Christians not worth killing. Uh, I mean, that's that is quite a statement. And I think it's right. I think it's true that they don't have any credibility either. Many of them.
3: Yeah, that's the that's the thing you hear when I hear this from Christians all the time. How they're worried about um, you know the possibility of some real violent persecution happening in this country, the way that it's happened uh, as we know and it is happening now in so many other parts of the world. But the the point is that it's it's there's no reason for it to happen here. Anybody who wants to persecute the church here, there's no reason to go to that level because Christians are just abandoning their faith uh, on their own. Just very are very, very happy to do it. Without much encouragement, and so um, that's why I say not worth killing. We're sort of we're, we're not worth in this in this country. We're not worth persecuting. I don't think we've we've earned that in a in a sense.
1: Well, I I think we're kind of like where Germany was. Uh, Germany, you know, the church was strong in Germany, but they sold out to the Nazis and replaced the the pictures of Christ on the mantles. Uh, within, I think it was. A year of his, uh, of his becoming Chancellor, most of them had already just said, "Oh, I give, okay, you're right. And they were, they were holding meetings as a greater German church to get to, to talk about and, and seriously discuss the getting rid of the Old Testament in the Bible because of all of the Jewishness of it. I mean, there weren't. Well, there wasn't a great prosecu or persecution of the of the German churches in World War II. There were there was a a persecution of some Christians, but the churches, by and large, kind of went right along with it.
3: Yeah, I think that's. I think it's a good analogy because I, I, I that's what you see in our culture as well with uh, with so many churches that are. You know, it's it's not about going along with with a with a you know a dictator figure like Hitler, but it's more about going along with the culture and the culture of death, and not wanting to uh, resist or fight back. Because number one, I think we've lost our we've lost that sort of warrior spirit that used to be has always been historically a part of Christianity from the very beginning. And also, we've been told that things like tolerance are these great virtues, and so we can go with the flow and be apathetic and then dress in and be cowardly and dress that up as tolerance. But of course we know that tolerance is, is not a virtue at all. Tolerance can be fine depending on what you're, but it all depends on what you're tolerating. And even if you're tolerating something good, it's a, it, it doesn't take a lot. The thing about tolerance is that you can do it from your couch with Cheeto dust all over your, all over your chest while oh, you're sitting man. there watching TV. It's, it's really easy to tolerate things. It just requires you to literally do nothing and allow whatever it is that's happening to continue happening. So it's not virtuous. And we know that that with as, as Christians there are so many things that, we should not be tolerating to the best of our ability. We should be resisting and fighting back against, and that's what if you look. They pick up the gospel sometimes and, and read them. I think people need to actually do that, especially if you're a Christian. <laughs> and you're going to find that, that Jesus, Jesus Christ, when and, and, and he was walking around on Earth, was was, was confrontational. He was not. This was. He was not a hippie peacenik figure. Going along to get along, he was confronting constantly and aggressively.
1: Well, I have to may may I interrupt you, uh, Mr. Matt Walsh? It's uh, Joe P. Reporter from MSNBC and. Uh, in your book, you you describe the hangout Jesus—the idea that Jesus hung out with sinners and prostitutes—and that's exactly what he did. You know, you're saying he was he was not a tolerant man, but he was hanging out with them all the time. He was uh, having dinner with them, probably partying with them. Uh, you know, just hanging with the common folk. And you're this Jesus you're describing. <laughs> I don't recognize, sir.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's easy not to recognize Jesus if you haven't read the if you haven't read the, the accounts of him in the in the Bible. That's the thing. He was, you, you <laughs> say, <laughs> hang, I mean, hang, he was not hanging out. I mean, he, he hung on the cross for sinners, and that's that's so uh, that, that that's very true. But that's the point. It was the exact opposite of hanging out the way that we think. of it wasn't just was he wasn't just hanging around and and uh, and uh, palling around. This was about leadership and and uh, ministering to sinners. And I think those are the words we should be using.
1: So, are you seeing a Christian response right now to COVID 19? Are you seeing the churches doing what they're supposed to?
3: Well, I don't know because, uh, you know, the, a lot of the churches, of course, across America. I know my church is shut down, as, as so many churches have. I guess most of them have. And I, I, I'm not going to call that a, a manifestation of a church of cowards and say they're being cowards for doing it because. Um, you know, I'm not in a position of having to make those choices, thankfully. And I know that so many churches, you know, they they, they have a lot of older people, and so you mm-hmm. you have a responsibility to them, and you don't want to put them in a position where they're going to be harmed. So I understand but, that. But but um,
1: but church is really, church is not really four walls. Church, what happens inside of those far walls, four walls, is the least important thing. Uh, you know, when it comes to being a Christian, it's what. You do outside of those four walls, so the the building may be closed, but the church isn't closed.
3: Right, that's exactly right. And I think that one of the really important things that the church needs to do now, and Christians need to do now, is uh, respond. I, I think people are having. We already know there's a crisis of faith in this culture as it is, and then you throw something like this into it, and people are asking. I get questions like this, and I'm not, you know, I'm 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 nobody, but I questions like, well, how could God allow this to happen? Why Why would God allow something like this? Uh, where is God in all this? You know, the classic questions that humans have been asking through the ages. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's a question that Christians need to start taking seriously and trying really hard to answer, uh, because that's another thing. that I think there, there are people in our culture who are losing their faith, and it's not always because they want to go run off and sin and because they're weak. It's, it's really because they're, you know, they haven't been raised in the faith, maybe. They, they have legitimate questions. They're scared or confused. They, just, they need someone to come and take their questions seriously and uh, address them. And, and oftentimes I think we're, we're afraid to do that.
1: You say, um, you know, when is when are American Christians willing to lay down their smartphones, let alone their lives, uh, for the faith? How do you—I uh, I think that the churches are not providing, as you just said, any real answers and really any real direction Um it seems like you're telling a bunch of old stories that we've heard a million times, even though we haven't um, We've heard a million times. I know the Jesus story uh, and they're not relating it at all to real life at all. And so people, they get more out of their smartphone and they think that church and and the Bible and everything else has nothing to do with them and their life because the church has failed on that front.
3: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you, you want to know the, the the thing that's responsible, I think, for, for leading, you know, millions, especially of young people away from the faith. It's YouTube. And, and what, what, but what I mean by that is is, is there are young people, especially they go to college, they find that their faith is attacked. They're being told all these things, presented all these arguments, presented a lot of information, much of it's false about the Bible and the history of Christianity. And so now they have questions, and, and they, they, need to, they need to turn somewhere and, 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 and ask someone, and they try to turn to their pastor, and all they get is just silliness and platitude. So they go to YouTube, and they just start per- perusing and, and trying to find an answer somewhere in there, and, um, and then they, they get the wrong answers, and they, get, you know, they stumble on all these other videos, and, and that's how they end up losing their faith, because, again, it's just, there's not any real moral and, and also intellectual leadership happening in the church in so many cases. Uh, And I think you're right that so many people go to church and they find that what it seems like to them, they're getting old stories and they're getting, uh, you know, a little pep talk that has no connection to their actual everyday life and the moral struggles that they face. And if that's the case, then we're just going to continue to lose uh, Christians in this culture. So
1: what is the what's what's your prognosis?
3: Well, I think, the you know, first of all, what we need, as we've been talking about from the church and church leaders, is is a willingness to lead on a, on a, you know, to show moral leadership and to engage with the culture and to speak to people on the level where they are and about the things that they're actually struggling, struggling with. But then also, I think we as Christians need to do, uh, need to analyze ourselves and we need to think, you know there's a lot of extraordinary claims that we make a lot of things that we we claim to believe that are quite quite startling honestly and we have to think do i do i actually believe those things and and if i do well that reality um that belief should infiltrate every aspect of my life i mean there should be no part of my life Mm -hmm. that's immune from this belief and so then it's just it's a it's a difficult thing to do i've tried to do it and i've realized i'm failing in so many ways but there are so many parts of my life that I've tried to kind of put in the box and say well faith has nothing to do with that that's separate and it's just that's not the, that's not the case so I think that's a that's a, a test we have to run for ourselves
1: the subtitle of the book is a wake-up call to complacent Christians I think that's what coronavirus is as well I think uh, we can use this uh, opportunity to get closer to our family and I joke a lot about you know my family and and You know, being trapped, help me, Matt, please, dear God, help me. I'm trapped in this house with my children and their teenagers. Um, I joke a lot about it, but I will tell you that if we can use this time to uh, uh, to explore our faith and expand our family uh, relationship, it is it will be a time well spent. A great place to start just on examining is Matt Walsh's new book, Church of Cowards, a wake up call to complacent Christians, a church of cowards. Matt, thank you. As always, good talking to you. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So we have Gregory Rogano. He is a Stanford advisor. Spark, he is the project lead of the clinical t- uh, trials for COVID-19 prevention. Last night, he made a pretty remarkable uh, announcement, and we are keeping our fingers crossed that it is true. Greg, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you for having me on, Glenn. Sure. So, t- So tell me what... What you've discovered, what you have, what it means, and how fast can it get out?
4: So, really, this is the key item here is that we don't have time. This disease is growing at an exponential rate um, of 10x. So, we need to proceed immediately. We do not have time, and we need to shut this disease down right now. It's a matter of national security. So specifically I just want to lead with this that the President of the United States of America, our commander in chief, has the authority to authorize the use of hydroxychloroquine against coronavirus immediately. He's cut more red tape at the FDA than any other president in history. And for example, in twenty seventeen, the FDA approved a muscular dystrophy drug based on an uncontrolled trial of less than fifteen patients. That's one five and the drug was approved by the FDA. So what I'm here to report is based on a well-controlled, peer-reviewed clinical study out of the south of France by the most eminent infectious disease specialist in the world, Didier Raoult, MD, PhD. He enrolled 40 patients, which showed a 100% cure rate after taking two generic drugs, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, 100% cure rate against coronavirus within six days. The study was released yesterday morning on my Twitter account, Esq., and also on covidtrial.io, and was recently accepted into the International Journal of Antimicrobial Agents by Elsevier. We are in contact with hospitals across the country and around the world and they're implementing this protocol immediately.
1: So what is it that 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 you have? I mean what I mean we, do we have to have more trials that you say the president needs to open this up? What is the next step? Do you have the finished product and can it be mass produced?
4: The finished product are generic drugs that have been around for over 50 years. Have you, have, so hydroxychloroquine is an anti-malarial drug that was developed in response to American soldiers coming back from World War II in the Far East that had contracted malaria. It, it has a high-quality safety profile and has never come off the market since 19, about 1955. It is used on a regular basis, to treat autoimmune diseases, as well as rheumatoid arthritis. So this is in literally every pharmacy in America, and this can be implemented today. It's very inexpensive. It's a generic drug. The data is unrefutable, and the president can proceed immediately. Again, the FDA has approved drugs based on clinical trials with less patients, and in only one clinical trial this this can happen right now
1: well this doesn't seem like it's a hard thing i mean you know you're not making these are both generic drugs aren't they i mean zithromycin's been around forever correct i mean who has not heard of a ZPAC? right uh so it's not like you're standing or this doctor is standing to make a lot of money um on this correct
4: it, it has nothing to do with that. It really has to do with where we're in a, a global crisis right now, the world is shutting down. The airline industry is having significant difficulties. Um, you know, p- people are getting fired from their jobs. There's massive layoffs. There's, the infection rate is growing at an exponential rate. Uh, ICU rooms are are, are getting overfilled and the most importantly, the doctors and nurses on the front lines, that's who is at the biggest risk. And we need to take care of them right now, and this can happen immediately. This, this protocol needs to be disseminated through the scientific community. Any human being that is listening right now, please disseminate this protocol, which can be found at covidtrial.io or my Twitter account, regano_esq disseminated to any scientist medical doctor or nurse that you know have you talked
0: to the white house
4: we are in we have a direct line to them and we're, we're waiting for them to reach out
1: it's remarkable that you haven't heard from them because i think this is kind of the shot that was heard around the world last night it's it's nothing new. These drugs have been tried separately. There's no indication that these drugs used together have any kind of ill effect.
4: So the, the trial showed that there was a 100 percent cure rate in six days. Both of these drugs have a very high quality safety profile. Again, please, please submit this protocol to all scientists, medical doctors and nurses throughout the world and you know, let them make the peer reviewed decision. And, you know, with respect to the White House reaching out, so we know that President Trump received our white paper within 24 hours after it being published. Dr. Fauci is doing an excellent job, and we know that they're going to make the right decision. This is a matter of national security. And again, this can be implemented right now. and, And the scientific evidence here is really unrefutable.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. Um it's uh, Rigano ESQ, that's R I G A N O, Rigano Regano, ESQ. Uh or you can find the uh the information uh at the web address. I'm just looking for it. It's covidtrial.io, covidtrial.io. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
4: Greg. I just I just have one last point. Do, yep. you, do you have 30 seconds? Yeah, sure do. So So in addition to this, what's most important is that we stop the transmission of the virus. So it's great that we found a cure that works, but we must stop transmission. So there's strong scientific evidence that hydroxychloroquine will function as a preventative to stop the transmission. And we're starting that trial immediately. And we are asking the government for their support, both financially and scientifically. And if we start this trial today, which we have already done, We will have results within one to two months, guaranteed. We're in active discussions with Elon Musk on Twitter. Please follow along the conversation. And again, any doctor or nurse that wants to participate, participate, please go to covidtrial.io.
1: Thank you. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.